Hello and welcome to another Divine Love Radio, WDLR, the Internet's hallmark worldwide Divine Love Radio station, where the sole purpose is to awaken souls to the truth of God's Divine Love message, the very message that Jesus brought to mankind over 2,000 years ago and is once again known through the pageant messages. And the good news is that divine love is available and gifted to all mankind who seek it through earnest prayer, a program that will direct you to volumes of information that your soul has been yearning for. And on today's program, this episode is featuring an individual who I have just met not more than 10 minutes ago through the Zoom uh, .us or .com uh, format, and we have a video, however you'll not be able to see that on the radio audio portion, but Gene Fike, without Fike in the background, has a very special guest today, and she is our alternate co-host and interviewee person who will be able to bring us up to date with this gentleman who joins us from a long way away, but he is right here in Gibson's British Columbia, just outside of Vancouver and the Paradise. And I welcome you now to Jean Fike and a special interview she has today. Introduce our guest. Oh, thank you, Brooke. It's just so wonderful to have these opportunities for you to interview our guests. And today's guest at our Divine Love Sanctuary Retreat Center is Raphael Legros. Pardon my French accent. It took me over a year to figure out how to say his very magical island where he was born in the Indian Ocean east of Madagascar. And I kept saying, Raphael, how do you say that? Réunion. Say it again. Réunion. And then I said, oh, please spell it for me, R-E-U-N-I-O-N. And I said, oh, Reunion, Reunion (laughs) Island. So a very magical place that uh, gave birth to this magical soul who is less than half my age. And if you could only see his T-shirt that he's wearing today, Spiritual Gangster. Oh, wow. That that does indeed um, describe our dear young friend on this divine path. So, Raphael, will you please introduce yourself and Mm -hmm. will you tell the story about how we met, how you found us, and divine love? Yes. Um, so you want me to start with a story or, or start with something else? However the spirit moves you. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I came, I was living in New York. So I, I was living in New York and, uh, I started being interested in the things of the spiritual. I did, uh, my Reiki training and I was like, Oh, I can channel healing through my hands. Who knew? And from then on, I was looking around and I like to know the why you know most people are just content with things that work but i'm obsessed with the why so here i, I was on the seeking truth in new york and eventually providence uh forced me to move to vancouver which um looking back is is, is not really a bad decision it, it turned out to be a pretty good decision <laughs> so we moved here in 2015 with my wife and um, I was already familiar with um, divine love, the truth of divine love. And that came through the website of uh, Jeff um, Cutler, which, which, which is a reference on the subject. And so when you Google it, like chances are you're going to find him and another person called AJ, which we won't talk about it right now. <laughs> but um, so I, I, I emailed uh, Jeff and I say, hey, you... I'm very interested in having the experience of divine love and share it with people. And uh, where can I find a divine love circle uh, in uh, in the, the western part of Canada? And I think there was three days or two days before they were having their uh, 40 years now that they, they Jean and uh, all her group of uh, friends and family 
they meet in uh, in the house of uh, uh, Barbara and Terry. and Terry, and they've been doing that for 40 years. And so they were having their usual Monday night gathering uh, two days from now in Vancouver. And I, I just arrived in Vancouver. And so that's how we met. And I came, and I remember feeling so much love straight away, like straight to my heart really did I felt so much love and it was not so much from the place but it was from the people around me and you know there's a little greetings that takes place everybody keeps arriving and it was a big group that day and everybody keeps arriving everybody was so thrilled to see each other and they would hug and they would kiss and you know and I was a perfect stranger and uh, so for 20 minutes I was just passing that love of you know just simple mankind <laughs> sort of uh, greetings and, uh, and and i felt home because you know as you know i'm pretty far away from my home and so we had this prayer and it was very powerful and so my heart was burning all the time and i knew that i found like a second family and then after we had uh, we share dinner and uh, and i was really um impressed by um all the food and it was delicious. And uh, also I think this is how I came to hear uh, the first channel message from Albert. And so you do feel tangible uh, divine love energies coming um, from, um, from in the room when you, you know that the angels are around you and they're helping you to pray. Um, so that's how it happens. <laughs> Raphael's less than half my age at 34 and already he has lived in paris in london in new york city and then vancouver and this man takes action he as soon as he arrived not only did he join a divine love circle right away but will you now tell us about how you became involved with the spiritualist church and all the programs there that you're involved in and the circle that you're leading uh, for praying for divine love at the church. Yes, so um, so first, you know, I've been, you know, then I, I started going every, every Monday. So I, I did build uh, some time, spend some time with them, so got to know them. And, uh, and I realized that, they only had two circles going on. They had one in Gibson and then one in West Vancouver. And, uh, and Vancouver's big crowd. And so I thought, oh, well, we need to take this um, energy, this um, uh, really act of communion, uh, you know, that is really felt and experienced. And, and the more, the better, the more praying with a singleness of purpose and everything. That's what makes uh, the magic happen. Is uh, this tangible um, experiences, they are all amplified um, with as many hearts as around us. And um, in New York, I, I was, you know, I was doing some um, healing workshop, Reiki workshop with my wife. And somehow we had connection when we came in Vancouver, we just attended a few uh, spiritual um, gathering in Vancouver. And then, so we make some connection. And one of them was, with a, a, a woman that was going to that uh, spiritualist church. So um, I went to, I think, two spiritualist church uh, in, uh, in Vancouver, and uh, somehow I made the connection. I went there, and I saw what they were doing, and I liked, I liked the atmosphere. Uh, but I didn't initially plan to have a circle in, in that uh, church that is called Kincaid. Uh, but... When I came to, you know, I really was driven. I was like, okay, let's do something. Let's do another circle so that it's open to more people than just the people that have been around and, you know, for 40 years and doing this, doing this thing. It needs to be broader. And so I say, okay, I'm going to do a circle. But I, initially I say, okay, maybe Vancouver. But then this church came about, uh, King Kane, and I had the contact already. So I decided I would do it there but not knowing really why but i did you know booked and it was pretty easy process and uh, a few people came uh, i think it was a reasonable number of people and they loved it 
and it was the first time that uh, I was conducting the circle. Um, uh, and then it was a great experience. Uh, so we, we, we did it every, every month and then more people came. And then Albert and Jean Fike, we were actually, you know, now that they're retired, they're just focused on um, doing a spiritual workshop and retreat. So they came uh, and were guests in our circle. And when Albert's comes, there's always a channel message. And so that was well received. And that's how the tradition grew. And in this place, now we have a bi-weekly circle. Now I started every month. And new, new faces came. And those friends that became my friends now are friends with the wider Vancouver circle. And they happily go and attend Gibson's retreat, you know, when they are available. And um, they are being guided to do, um, to include divine love in their own spiritual journey, because they are all sort of doing something. Um, they all have gifts and they're sharing their gift. And so it's nice to see that after a, a year, uh, they got it the same way I got it. You know, the, the, the feedback was, you know, it bring peace into my life. Uh, I was able to um, go deeper with a simpler truth. Um, and, um, and I see in their face that they are much more um, peaceful. It's almost like there, there's been the maturity, you know, and uh, of the soul. Like that is, you can see. It coming together. When I think about... Uh, what's happened there with your um, in interventions. It seems as if the angels have been working in that blessed spiritualist church for decades, and we've all been guided. So Raphael, the timing was just perfect for him to step in, and there was this core group of readiness in spite of diverse beliefs and um, uh, all kinds of politics and things going on at the church, he drew a, a core group of people together. And as he said, they couldn't get enough. You know, once a month, I remember one person saying, I can't wait another month for this. And so uh, she said, uh, I think we need twice a month. And so Raphael said, okay, you've got to do the other one. This guy is so busy. He has so many balls up in the air, not only at the church where he's highly respected by everybody, and now he has the role of booking all the educational Sunday morning service presenters. Um, he's also, maybe Raphael, you could tell a little bit about how you're helping with uh, French translations around the world and uh, you're with Christian and uh, Joan Warden and others? Um, yeah, I mean, w what I did um, for me is not like a, a, a it's not as, as big as I, it big, I, I thought it would be. I just decided, okay, let's do something, you know, and for me, you know, starting a circle, I think, is something that um, it's, it's an easy thing to do. You know, just like, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But, like, I imagine you invite your neighbor and you say, okay, let's pray. And, you know, it should be simple and it should be joyous. And so I really wanted to share that with others. And I was surprised how easy it was to start a circle. So you just put the energy out there and then people come and they have their own experience. And eventually what I notice is you build a core, a core group. And it's not that the circle will, uh, will grow and expand to, uh, you know, 50 or 100. No, it gets to a size and that size is enough because it's like a little nurturing yeah. group of people that understand and, and like to come together. So I think it's a very organic thing. And um, the, the rest of the thing that I was invited to do, well, that just depends on my skill set. Because if you, you know, if you, um, I believe that when you are on a spiritual journey, 
there's two things that drive you. There's one thing is the truth and the love, which is a very personal experience, but then also you need to share it with people. So that's where, where a spiritual community comes in. So the love with people bound you to a certain path. Um, and it's okay if that past or those people don't share 100% of what you believe in, as long as there's a love connection between each other. So that's what happened with the church is that uh, the love connection was built. And then the next thing is, well, there's a lot of work and who has the skills to do what? So eventually I did the poster for them because I'm a little bit of a graphic designer. And uh, I know a little bit about internet. So I do the internet updates and I do some bookings for them. Uh, so I, I am just becoming a little bit more active because it's the church where I do my, my workshop. But also the angels kept telling us that there'll be a need for center of light in the future. And this place has been selected to be one of them. So even though you from your narrow mindedness, uh, you don't see what a place could become. The angels know uh, uh, what, what opportunities are, etc. So I came to believe that this place, yes, this place is to become uh, a place of refuge for, for many. And uh, maybe it's not, gonna, it's not happening now, but it will be happening, you know, slowly over the years. And I don't question that. I just follow the guidance we receive. Um, and there is a little bit of a vortex in this place. You know, when you come into that church, you feel that energy, that healing energy. You just have to sit there and, you know, your, your thought just become calm and, and filled with light and really an invitation to meditate and, you know, melt into your seat. Uh, so I, I believe there's places and we need those places because uh, our environment is, our lives are so busy and so uh, filled with um, issues and the heaviness of the world. So we need the sanctuary of light and, and they are like special places, you know, either in nature or in, uh, you know, churches or whatever um, that have the right kind of energy. I wonder if this would be a good time for Al to chime in and describe your vision of the portal that's at the church, Al. Um, what Raphael is talking about with this circle of light is, is a, rea a very real, um, I don't know how to describe it. Manifestation. Yes, yes. Um, a while ago, spirits started to talk about creating circles of light on the planet. And they wanted us to help facilitate these circles of light wherever we could. And a circle of light is basically a, a prayer circle for divine love. That is uh, the absolute basic uh, format for creating a circle of light without the, you know, uh, getting the other individuals who are um, desirous of seeking the divine love within their soul, uh, you can certainly have a prayer circle. Uh, you can certainly uh, bring light to you, but this particular light and this particular condition comes with the desire of the soul for divine love. And with the divine love comes other manifestations and energies. And the angels, of course, come with this desire for divine love. And with the angels uh, come many uh, benefits and manifestations that uh, are probably not uh, accessible or common on the earth plane. Of course, all these things I'm talking about are rather psychic, are somewhat psychic phenomena rather than uh, material phenomena. but. Uh, because I do have some psychic gifts, I can see this stuff when it manifests. And what I started to see uh, with the circles of light is something called a portal. And a portal is 
like a big light tube that comes down into the earth plane, into the circle of light. And I liken it to an elevator for the angels. They're able to come through this tube, this energy, and come to the earth plane much more readily uh, than if they didn't have it. And they've built these portals uh, in different places in the world, creating uh, what they would like to call centers of light, and hopefully sustaining these portals that will bring more manifestations and more blessings to uh, the world through these places that are maintained with prayer and with our efforts and our thoughts and our eager participation in uh, creating light and, and uh, the blessings of God into our soul in a group setting. So there are a few of these portals in the world. That's and there is certainly a desire on the part of the angels to create more of them. I've seen, and I don't know whether I'm accurate in this or not, but I've uh, had a vision that there will be 24 of these centers in the world eventually. Maybe Myersdale. And they will be spread out all over the planet. Maybe Myersdale, yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate this description you've given about the portals um, because it's so close to our personal calling and what we're doing. Can you describe what you actually saw at the first United Spiritualist Church that Raphael's talking about? Like, what did it look like, um, you know, from sitting there in that blessed sanctuary in prayer? Uh, you've had the vision, and several of others in the church have also seen it. Um, well, it's, this is all a manifestation of light. It's, you know, uh, spirit stuff is kind of etheric. It's, uh, you know, you, you can't see it clearly. It doesn't look physical. It's of a different dimension. So depending on our own condition, our own abilities to see things, um, you can see different parts of it or different manifestations, but not others. Um, and it's nice when others can see these manifestations because they add a little more texture, a little more body to the, you know, to what's going on, to what what uh, is actually there. So when I see it, as I said, it looks like a tube of light. It's kind of, it's often golden light. And it often can change colors. Uh, beautiful lights. Uh, often greens and blues and uh, magenta and purple, um, pink, these colors. And I, and I believe that these are healing energies and psychic energies that spirit uh, bring with them in order to work with us. So these energies are used to benefit the people in the circle. And they're always wanting to develop our gifts so that there's a, a closer communication uh, with spirit and with us so that uh, we can all work together. They're, they've told us on numerous occasions that there is a plan that these circles and centers of light are part of this plan. And so they're developing, they are working on this, this venture to bring them closer to the earth plane uh, so they may communicate more clearly and that others may see them more clearly. And they help us rise up into the higher levels of vibration. Like last night when we had our prayer and Raphael was here from the city, he hasn't been to this particular prayer before and you commented that you felt it right away, that you were being lifted up yeah, I think I think the your house is definitely one of them because um, I was just lifted out of uh, of my body and I was just somewhere else because uh, you know I feel pain uh, in my head because uh, you know I have tension and I work in front of the computer and so 
all those things symptoms disappeared and I was light as a feather and I, w- I tried to have a negative thought because I was, I was feeling that I couldn't and I couldn't have a negative thought by my own will. It was such a pure place that it, it just wiped away all negativity and you can just be close to God. You know, you can just open your heart and um, it's just a, an amazing feeling and I wish everybody in the world can be um, and feel that at some point because that's the promise of those heavenly realms. You know, that's where we are designed to go. If we pray uh, for the love of God, our soul will be uh, at that uh, vibration where we can live there, um, uh, you know, after we pass on. Yeah, I, I believe that uh, the angels and God have a deep, deep desire to uplift this earth plane. And uh, they're working with all of us, anybody who's willing to be a, a channel of love and light in the world so that, you know, this can be accomplished, so this can be established. And it, it's, it feels like these uh, portals are kind of beachheads for spirit to make um, their presence um, more connected to the earth plane. Since we're talking about that, this is Brooke again. We're WDLR Radio, and the information that you're receiving on this very special broadcast is something that you have probably uh, not even begun in your wildest imagination. I thought you would might be privy to this information on this very episode. I have a few questions I do for a portal, Al, and I like your definition of that. We're not excluded from the education of what a portal is in the sci-fi world that we live in. But when you bring it down to a spiritual level, uh, the centers of light, you have them in your home, you have them in the church uh, 30 miles away. Give me an idea what you think the circumference of a portal would be and cover how much and part of uh, Canada, the northern, western United States. Uh, Is it very pinpointed or would one portal give them quick access to, uh, let's say, a 100-mile radius, a 250-mile radius? Wow, what a question, Brooke. <laughs> I think that's a better question for them. But <laughs> we'll pray um, about it. <laughs> well, I, I think that the, yeah, the actual portal is, is quite small. It will encircle the group, and it might expand. I've seen it expand out. I've also had very, on very rare occasions, and I think I've received these portals um, maybe 20 or 30 times in the past few years. And I've seen them actually encompass the city. And in so, England, didn't you see it? And like I saw, in- yeah, in England, yeah. I saw it actually encompass the whole country. Uh, right. But it's, it's a temporary situation. You know, the portal itself, to be sustained has to be fairly small, but the potential of a portal is is pretty amazing. Well, I'm going to say that your vision of perhaps 24 portals is a kind of ironic that we divide this earth into 24 hour segments. And uh, it's always a different time as we go around the globe, but there are 24 hours in each day. So wherever somebody's hour is, it would cover that whole spectrum on the planet. Yeah. Now, that's, that's, that's a sci-fi moment, but it's... Uh, <laughs> I like it. It I is like definitely it. Uh, the truth, what, uh, well, what you know, the angels do. Where, where I come from, because um, I thought about those things, and the reason I'm doing it is... I'm thinking if everybody shows a little bit of goodwill, you know, and if everybody takes time to go into silence, then we become a portal. You know, if we nurture ourselves with the silent, uh, silence and we, we learn to just give in to the love, then the rest of our day will be lit by that practice yeah. of prayerful practice. And so we can be a channel of love and all the radius of our portal will be matched by the radius of love and compassion we can express into the world. And, uh, and it's one at a time. It's like one at a time, one heart at a time, 
will we solve the problem of our world? And then it becomes exponential because love is as that exponential quality. If we win more hearts, then they all do something in return. You cannot just take, you have to give back when you're, you're given that much um, love and support, right? From the angel. It's not something that it's going to be private to you only. It's, it, it eventually is going to fill up the cup and just flow into others. Raphael, you've attended how many ballpark figure circles of light? Um, well, it's, it's hard to tell. In three years, probably I do once a week, you know, sometimes twice a week, but like on average once a week. So that's how, how many. And this question that follows that is, you are very, very unique in Canada to have a very profound personality who is a medium sitting next to you. Yeah, that's, that's a really nice, um, um, you know, it's nice to have this, this uh, extra attention. You know, because sometimes you can be in a small town and it feels isolated because you're, you know, you're on that path and that path is the simplest thing. And people like to have recipes. If the recipe is too simple, they, it's hard for them to follow and they, they want maybe sophistication, complication. That's what I wanted initially. And I was more interested in the phenomenon rather than the slow burn, slowly loving transformation where the soul overtakes and dominates the mind rather than the mind suffocates the soul. So that kind of um, storyline is very hard to explain because it has to be lived. And, uh, and so I, I, I feel for people who don't have that access to a well-established uh, circle that really are a source of uh, nourishment and soul progression. Um, but I would say this, uh, never underestimate the power of God's love in your own life, because if you persist, eventually um, peace and certainty, you know, like faith, extreme faith is going to surface and your soul gift is going to be activated and you're going to be a force of good in the world. Uh, and so it doesn't really matter how easy or hard it is, is the face, consistent, prayerful practice that make, make it worthwhile, you know. Earlier you mentioned a, a kind of a, a good round number for a circle of light gathering, and once they get larger, you start another. What is that number? Well, I would say if you're between 10 and 20, you're doing good. As a, Actually, the most impressive example of a circle, circle builder is probably my mom. So we were joking today that anybody that comes and stays in Gibson in this house comes back home with a mission. <laughs> that certainly happened to my mom. She came all the way from Reunion to you know, Vancouver to visit me. Uh, and she had one prayer in the same West Vancouver house uh, and she was moved and then she barely remembers what happened there. Sometimes that's, you know, that's what happened when you disconnect with your mind. And then she came here and, uh, and she was very comforted by the message of divine love. And uh, she's retired, so she has a lot of time on her hands. And she got busy into helping translating the pageant messages into French. She's actually uh, a very, very efficient uh, at, at doing those kind of things in time. And so everything uh, my friend Christian was translating them from English to French is asking her to do, she will do. So she has read Bulletproof Read, uh, the, the Samuel's messages, and uh, the first book of the Paget messages, and uh, they are, yeah, they are doing more now. The Judas messages uh, in French. So she's doing amazingly uh, well. And she decided later on, she, it took her time for her to get the confidence to do so. But eventually she said, okay, I want my own circle. And she started doing the circle, but she did it the way you would do it at home. So she has a lot of ideas. So she's 
spend the day on the beach and she talks to people and at some point they talk about the love of God and then she invites us her. She says, oh, why don't you come to my circle? <laughs> and then so she starts with her close family and then people she meets on the beach. And I think now she's up to 18. Wow. <laughs> so half of it are complete strangers. So, and she has seam, so every, every time there would be a seam. It's like a dinner party, you know. So she would pick a seam and everybody would have to prepare something. Uh, and of course, there will be food included. Um, she's amazing. And she's a retired teacher. Yeah. So uh, she helped a lot of people. And she also observed that there'd be a core. So the core group is probably 10, 12 people that are really dedicated. And then you have visitors, like people that come, you know, maybe once a month, once every two months. But that's all fine because don't over overestimate the power of planting a seed, right? Um, are there any mediums nearby that can join in these circles? Well, you see, we were talking about that uh, with Al, because um, uh, in my circle, there are a few that are really attracted by the idea of receiving a message. And, uh, and uh, you know, sometimes it's great because, uh, you know, you can attract more people, but then when there's no medium, then they would get less interest in participating in the circle on a regular basis. And, and that is because they're attached to phenomena. So my mom, there's no medium in their group, uh, but still they're having an experience. Um, my uncle said that he felt very vulnerable and like he was a child and he felt blessed by God. Uh, and you know that those are people I would have never thought that they would have that kind of an experience. So you never know whose heart you're going to touch. And there's no medium involved. I'm pretty sure that the, the angels are involved, even though they can't speak through a medium. And so um, sometimes having a medium is great, but then what happens if the medium is too busy to come to your circle? <laughs> is, is everybody going to leave you to pray by yourself? You see what I mean? I do. And, yeah. of course, that's... Uh something that when there is enough law of attraction where circles of light would like to have an introduction to a medium and a message and yeah. when that comes to be perhaps that could be done by video be uh, a segment within the first 10 or 15 minutes of a circle of light gathering or middle or near the end and a medium could possibly join you on the computer for a short time and if there is a message good and if there's not at least they know they got to clean up their act and get more special and more people from, <laughs> well, the, beach, <laughs> from the beaches to draw more light uh, into that circle no we do have humor on this program we're not staunch we're not uh, the orthodox uh, we got to do it this way and that way and whatever and uh, that's that's what drew me to to the fights they're they're everyday, ordinary people, and those guests of, uh, we've had on the program, and the, you yourself, and the way you present yourself and your desire and your love for divine love, it comes through very readily. You know, I've been very quiet because I'm absorbing what you're saying. I've taken a couple notes here. Mm -hmm. And I would like to ask this, uh, Raphael, of you, because it's been something on my mind over the past few days, and I have researched a little bit of it. But there is a cliche that we have, and it's probably worldwide, but especially in this country, that I just, uh, let's put heart and soul into it. Uh, you know, I will look at a note here, and I'll say that I'll put my total heart and soul into this project. Where does that come from and relate to divine love? Because we use it in divine love, too. There is a message, for example, um, from uh, Riddle in volume uh, 2, page 10. And I pray uh, with all my heart and soul. Now, we know the heart is a physical muscle within the body. The soul is a spiritual, it's not seen part of our body. Or our, our, the soul is, is us. Yeah. So when we are trying to quiet our minds to talk to our soul, so often it's our heart and the soul. Yeah. 
mm, it's the soul that is us. But so many times, even in the pageant messages and others, heart and soul are kind of interchangeable. What are your thoughts on that? Well, for me, um, well, you know, again, the soul you cannot see. Even some, you know, you have to be very advanced spirit to see the soul. It's invisible even in the spirit world. Um, so it's hard to say that the center of the soul is in the heart, but I do believe the center of the soul is in the heart. And uh, often case, the burning sensation is located in the chest, not necessarily in the heart, but in the chest. And so it became, it came about that, um, you know, uh, heart has, beca- has become a symbol for love. And so even in the Swami tradition, they say the third eye is uh, the center of wisdom, but then the heart is the center of devotion. And, uh, and so you can see uh, how, um, the heart has played um, a role in uh, connecting to the divine love, you know, and so, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm praying for, for divine love, but I don't feel anything. Or do you? You know, maybe you feel a, a slight sensation in your heart, or maybe you feel something unvol- un- surrounding you, like a cocoon, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, what I, a practice that I often do is, uh, if I want to connect to my soul, I drop my consciousness into my heart space. And you find out that your mind is your brain, you know, often case. You know, if you think too much, if you work too much from a computer, you get a headache. <laughs> you don't get a heartache, <laughs> you know. So uh, if you stay up there, like consciousness has a spatial component to it. You can, you know, project yourself in places. You can be aware of those things. So uh, head is always confused, active, and heart is always peaceful and calming. Okay, then let's go to Jean. Now she, as everyone knows, whoever's ever met her or listened to these programs, her heart is as big as planet Earth, and that's a pretty oh. big heart. And she loves well, you everyone. Been talking to Al. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your definition of heart and soul is there a uh, interconnection there? That since it's messaged so often. Oh, Brooke, you know to think about these things. Uh, seems to be a more mindful exercise. I, I'm not sure I really want to define them or dissect the ideas. Uh, I kind of use them interchangeably depending on who I'm with. And, uh, you know, if it's somebody brand new uh, to these truths, they may be able to relate more easily to using the word heart because it's pretty universal. And um, so I guess I use them interchangeably and with the goal of um, really trying to find any way we can to break down the mental constructs and just to help God and the angels uh, reach the soul in any way we possibly can. So I'm not sure. What are I like that. So yeah. two people, two diverse answers, and both excellent. And of course, Al, you know, you're next. <laughs> you're not putting me on the spot, are you? <laughs> Never could put Al on the spot. Well, I remember in Paget it says that the emotions are the seat of the soul. And how do we describe emotions? I mean, what what word do we use for feeling? Feelings. It's the heart. Heart. So even though the soul is more than just the heart or the feeling, it's still the, the most predominant experience that we have when praying for divine love is a feeling of emotion, a feeling from the heart of that experience, the feeling of love. So, you know, I I guess, you know, we interchange these words because predominantly we think of uh, the experience of receiving divine love as as an emotional experience. And uh, and when we think of that, we think of the heart. So, you know, the, the physical heart, I think, certainly has some energy to it. 
And I think scientists are beginning to see a certain dimension of the heart itself as having an effect upon the whole body. Um, so I, I'm sure there's something about that, which I'm not very cognizant of explaining, you know, these technical terms, but um, I look at the, the heart as uh, a way of expressing or talking about the soul. The soul has its own vision and perceptions, hearing, taste, smell. Does it have its own feeling receptors? Of course, would we call that heart even as we go into the spirit? In other words, we'll always have these emotions and they'll, if, if the heart is so important in the physical for attracting emotions, then in the spiritual, the soul takes its place. And I'm just trying to gestulate a little bit, but it was a diversion of a question for the three special co-host guests on WDLR. And I thought I would bring that out because it happens to be something that came upon my mind two or three days ago, and I couldn't let go of it. And I asked this on another forum, as a matter of fact, and I wasn't sufficiently uh, given an answer that I would... Uh, say I could take it to the bank, but uh, yeah. still, I've got three beautiful souls and hearts right now on Well, maybe program. we should pray about it and ask the angels to help you with your question. Thank you. We will take that. And I am looking at my questions that I had, and I'm going to say, Jean... I want you to finish up the program. We've got another, let's say, a good 10 minutes so that you can ask Raphael some of the questions that are, are burning in wow. your soul. Oh, I've got about half a dozen places in my mind that I'd love to leap to uh, in 10 minutes. Um, just to kind of wrap up this heart and soul um, idea, I think a more interesting question is the difference between the soul mind and the human mind. So maybe you could do another whole program on that. Uh, we've been getting a lot of guidance about that lately, and it just seems God and the angels, that is the vehicle for communication between us and God is with our souls. The angels seem to be able to penetrate into any opportunity here on this earth plane, but they're really trying to raise us up and to operate more fully from our souls and to come to know our souls and our soul minds. And um, so that's sort of where I think, for me at least, and friends in our circles around us is is an area that uh, we're really pursuing to try to be operating more out of our souls than our minds. For our very special guest, Raphael's here, I love that he told you about his precious mother, Fabienne, and her starting up the group and with such ease and such love without a medium for being on the other side of the planet. And the only one with her, you know, her time differences and her uh, connections with her son, what the two of them have done um, over the internet um, is absolutely remarkable. And there's no doubt that God's hand is in it. And when I hear you and Raphael talk about the possibilities of um, having these kinds of circles of lights, these prayer circles over the internet. There are um, others who are also doing that already, like Elizabeth Morana's groups with the uh, FCMB and uh, Michael Nedball and Carolyn Stokes, Eva Peck every Sunday with FCDT, 
I know there's many others, we've begun to kind of adopt this practice when we're having conversations around the world, we'll start or finish with a prayer. And um, the angels are taking every opportunity to be able to bless those efforts, especially when people are on their own in, you know, in uh, different areas. And then I think about you, Brooke, in Myersdale, Pennsylvania. And um, soon, I guess, you'll be telling your listeners and your friends and family in your hometown that uh, we're planning a Divine Love Circle and Retreats and Workshop next March. And... um, I'm in so your ex- yeah. What did I say? Something different. Um, that's really exciting. Um, I think for the few minutes that we do have left, I would love Raphael to talk a little bit more about the future of, you know, how do you see all of these areas of your life? You've lived in different parts of the world. You've started up Divine Love Circles, your gifts, um, spreading it to different languages, different cultures, your skills over the internet, your visions. Um, It's pretty hard, I guess, but I want you to (laughs) tell us more. Well, it's, I, I cannot predict the future, but all I can say is uh, right now for me, it, it's, uh, the past month has been uh, incredibly charged emotionally, and I have been surprised by how steady I can be in the midst of emotional, um, deep emotional ones being uh, released from childhood and everything. And that has certainly something to do with the divine love. You know, the more you pray for divine love, the, the more it takes place of darkness inside you. And it, uh, it's free you from bondage and, you know, God's help you to weather the storm. And in contrast, I've seen this happen to my friends and I see how lost they are and are really damaging this can be this um you know purification this expiation that they are going through uh and and that's just a sign of the time the time is changing the earth is changing and we need to change too so i see in the future a lot of people being more and more confused and lost and all recipe not working anymore and you can see that everywhere around the world and so what do you do uh, in the midst of all this suffering, you know, as a divine love follower? Well, what do you do? Well, you, um, you walk the path. You walk the path yourself. You heal those ones. You, you pray to God that this will be so. And you have faith that, this, you know, he will guide you through those times ahead. And eventually, whatever you do, whatever sore fruit that you can consume uh, will be turned into a beautiful opportunities to help others. That's what I believe. And so I am just waiting for the time that I'm be mature enough to fully embrace um, who I am uh, and, and help more people. Right now I'm just doing what I think is simple enough to do, which is I need a prayer circle where I can nurture my soul and so why not do one so I can help others do the same, you know, simple enough. And the rest will follow in, in divine timing. And I'm blessed to be around all and Jean and, you know, being able to, uh, uh, to, uh, to participate in some of the events. But, like, don't forget, you can invite them to your hometown <laughs> if you feel guided. <laughs> and they'll come to you, too. Um, <laughs> But don't expect uh, like a magic wand to be waved and, uh, you know, like it's actually planting a seed within you and, and uh, hopefully encouraging you to pray more and to take ownership of your relationship with the divine. And then you can uh, live your life um, uh, with a little bit more upliftment and, 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 and wonderment. 
you know, at, at God's creation. Thank oh, you. Raphael, you represent the future of the divine love movement uh, for Al and I in so many ways. And last year, Brooke, when we met you and we took that uh, trip to the eastern U.S., that was Raphael, this, that was this year. This that was this year, Jean. Oh, it was. It that was in like February twenty eighteen, and this is still oh, twenty eighteen. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, Raphael came with us to New York. Oh, and yes. um, so he invited his old friends and co-workers. And he and his wife, Meltem, had done so much work there. They really had a lot of groupies. And um, he advertised through Eventbrite and other social media. And how many people registered for? I think we had 32 people registered and probably Wonderful. 20 showed up or something. Yes. For a workshop in Manhattan. Wow. And, um, wow, that and so that was one Sunday afternoon. And one of those participants is coming here to Gibson's. Uh, in To receive his mission. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is great. And, and, uh, and then Hal Eisenberg, he hosted um, workshops over two weekends at Hollis Woods Community uh, in Church in Queens. Raphael used to live in Queens. So that drew um, guests from Washington, D.C. and uh, New, Jersey. New Jersey. And uh, there was a teacher there who just showed up. And she's coming to Gibson's too, and uh, looking forward to our return visit uh, next year. Wow. And, um, Gibson's is on the map, and I will explain to you how I come to that. In Little Myersdale, we are a trailhead station of, of welcoming people throughout the world who come to ride from Pittsburgh to Washington, D.C. by bicycle without any vehicular traffic, the Great Allegheny Passage. Mm. A young lady came in. I was at the station that day, and this was only last week. A red-haired girl, kind of tall and lean, riding her bike, and she happened to be doing Pittsburgh to Washington, D.C. And wow. I said, where are you from? She says, Michigan. And I said, would you please sign our guest book? And while she was signing that, I noticed uh, she said that she was from Vancouver. That's oh. her <laughs> place. And I said, Vancouver? Then did you ever hear of a little place called Gibson's? Why, of course I do. And she went on the next two or three minutes talking about Gibson's. A small world. But here, a young lady traveling by bicycle. 350 miles from one end to the other by herself or with a group I didn't determine but she knew Gibson's she says you know what that's one of the beautiful places that they still have places you can buy reasonably she said oh she hasn't been here for <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said I said a uh, suburb of uh, Vancouver but I want to say too that you Jean and Al did a wonderful job uh, on Facebook yesterday, a wonderful presentation on a message that I read two or three times prior to knowing what you were going to talk about on prayer, Gene, mm -hmm. and then Al did his part. And through Facebook video, how nice. I'm sitting uh, 2,500 miles away, and I think I mentioned in an email, it was wonderful to see you doing that uh, while I sat comfortably in my office chair instead of a wooden pew. <laughs> Raphael did that recording. Raphael chaired that meeting. Raphael just drew so many people. After what you saw, there was healing, and um, oh, it was it was so powerful. Wow, what a program this has been, WDLR. And I must say we've been a little remiss on giving them um, a website where they could go and get oodles and oodles more of uh, curiosity satisfied. Raphael mentioned Jeff Cutler, and Jeff has done a great job, and he is uh, getting it into Lulu fashion now, a, a new announcement that maybe Gene will 
tell us about that they have really uh, been trying to perfect well, yeah. at least Jane was. She never leaves go. <laughs> Always wants to perfect until an angel, a celestial, happened to put it. Gene, relax, relax. It's better not perfected exactly so. But anyway, wow. that's a book that uh, Al has uh, just uh, put out for uh, Lulu. We'll soon have with that announcement. And... Oh, there, there was another train I thought I was going. I want to put too much into a program. And, you know, we're not dead set on an hour, but we are uh, surpassing that by a minute or two, maybe. It's not the time. It's the interest of your guests. Yes. To make it a one-part, two-part, three-part. We will continue with this whenever you see Raphael's name in the bylines of an upcoming program on Talk Show. Of course, you want to click on that. I do say that DivineLoveSanctuary.com is the home of Al and Jean Fike and their circles of light and so much information from Celestials. And Al Fike, the medium, has some wonderful connections, as I like to think of him. I call him a celebrity and he blushes. So I'll call him personalities. We're all personalities and the gifts that we've been given. But uh, he humbly stands out because of his special gifts that uh, it just, let's just say they gave it to the right guy <laughs> with, <laughs> with, well, the okay. side, with the sidekick of Gene. They must have been hollering and hooting and hollering up in the, the spiritual realms when they finally connected with those two, like they did when they found uh, James Paget and uh, said, wow. We got a live wire here, and we're going to uh, make waves, and they certainly are in the communities of divine love around the globe. That's so, Brooke, I hope that uh, sometime in the near future we can have a program, and I'll talk about uh, my new book, which is uh, Explorations in Divine Love Mediumship. Wow. Uh, yes, it's just you're... about done. I'm just doing some finishing touches now. And that has been how many months in the making? Actually, not a lot of time. I would say about two months. Well, we got the guidance for you to do it on May the 24th. And so it's uh, now early August, so it wasn't too bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. And Raphael's doing the cover for us. Wonderful with his graphics talent. Yes. Yes. That yeah. is special. Mm -hmm. Wow, and the Jeff talent's Potter's waiting at the other end for us to send... The final touch is in. He's working on the formatting. So hopefully there will be an e-copy uh, ready within a few days. At the same time, it's shipped off to Lulu to Very do this good. publishing. And we're planning on being at the ARE conference in Phoenix, Arizona on September the 9th. Yes. And uh, I would like uh, to present my book there. So... Wonderful. Uh, all work this is a worldwide event, and to have you represented there as well, it's just uh, totally amazing how the internet, we have to give credit. If it wasn't for the internet, the work could not grow as fast and rapidly. Can you imagine the snail mails and the other little video uh, that would have to be sent around in your little mail packets and listen to this? Here we have an instantaneous in um, DLR, so so blessed to be the way. And all, Gene, your message that you gave yesterday on prayer, uh, that was recorded on uh, and put on WCMR, which is Worldwide Celestial Messages Radio, a sister station to this WDLR. And uh, let me say, your rendition is better than mine, but <laughs> closer to Thank the you, source. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pass it around. One, two, three. Quick closing remark from each, and then we'll... God bless you all. Thank you for your work. Thank you, Raphael. We're with you as he leaves for Turkey this week, and we are with you, watching you in your glorious path. Thank you so much for being with us today and coming here to Gibson's. Thank you, Brooke. It's been a pleasure listening to you and, and answering your questions. And thank you, Brooke. I had no idea I was actually going to be on this radio program. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed uh, having the opportunity to speak 
as I usually do. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to say that as we travel around the world, we're helping to create a great network of light, a great lattice of light that is circling the world. Even when we go for other reasons, other than a spiritual purpose, our light brings that light out into the world and, and the angels use us to weave the connection of light wherever we go. So there's always a purpose there. There's always something uh, that can be accomplished uh, just by even traveling to a different place. So if you find yourself traveling to different places in the world or different places in your own uh, nation or state or whatever, say a little prayer. Ask God to bring that light to that place because God wants to create a whole network of light around this planet. And with that three beautiful closings, we'll say this has been Brooke Falk on DLR Radio. Thanking you for joining us and do look forward to this episode and others as we present them as it happens. Here with divine love, have a lovelit soul.